Welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your unofficial guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared Jayhawk Hawkins. Joining me as always, the man responsible for Charlotte P- Flair's push on television, Charlie Butter. Charlie, You're welcome. what's going on? You're welcome, everybody. I know you all have been enjoying it, and I'm so glad they are talking about making me a co-head writer for the entire company. Yeah, personally, I don't think you're pushing your heart enough. You should push her off a cliff. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It's an old Bobby Heenan line. Hey, who do we have with us this week? Oh, well, because we are working on with Shikara Action Arcade this week, we have a Shikara legend, Joe Fosto. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, check your notes. I'm checking my notes. I'm checking my notes. Nah, I was mistaken. I'm sorry. It is the host of Wrestling Cheer, Justin Summer. Justin. Oh, I, f- I figured I would just be Marty Jannetty. Or is that next week? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a plate glass window to throw you through. So you got you got some time. Well, that's more of a callback to the old Chikara YouTube show. I forget what it was called. They always would say like, "And next week it's something with Marty Jannetty." I forget exactly. It would always change every week. Huh? That's interesting. I'm gonna have to that's check that out. Throwback. Look at you, like doing your. So you said you didn't have any notes or do any homework, but you did some homework. That's not doing homework. That's remember watching it on YouTube at one point. Okay, I, I never, I never watched. I my first real like exposure to Jakara was the uh, the um, Wrestling Road Diaries. They kind of like. Daniel Bryan did something there. That was like my first, like, oh, that's Chikara. And then I'd seen some stuff after that. But yeah. Nikki, I, I call Chikara sort of in person once that they had a, uh, it was like a PWO taping, but they brought some of the Chikara guy in for it because there were like two or three Chikara matches on the card for some reason. And then I know I ordered the uh, dream of the national, the first National Pro Wrestling Day when they did that, whatever year that was. But that's about that's about it for my exposure to them. I went to one Shikara show, the last one they had at uh, Turner's Hall. I forget what year it was. Might have been 20, 2013 or something around that time. It's the only Shikara show I've ever been to, and uh, I know. Chuck Taylor was there and El Generico. There's two that I remember vividly being there. Right on. Well, before we get into our uh, main review of the first two episodes of Chikara's Action Arcade, we're going to talk about what's on IWTV this week. So tomorrow, June 15th at 8 p.m. So yes, we are recording on Sunday. Uh, H2O, Undiscovered, number 26, is airing at 8 uh, Tuesday, Freedoms presents Freedom Valentine 2019, which we reviewed uh, last week. And it's going to be followed by Zona 23 Tributo Extrema at 8 p.m. And that's also going to air in the morning. Uh, I believe it's like 7 a.m. in the morning or 8 a.m. in the morning because uh, they're going to do it for Japan. And then it'll re-air in the evening for us. And uh, new signees for IWTV, Big Japan will be airing Deathmatch Survivor 2019 Night 1 on uh, June the 18th at 8 p.m. And that's what's going to be airing this week on IWTV. Go ahead and get into it. Let's start with Chikara Action Arcade, episode number one. I I only took note of the magic. I didn't take note of really the promo or anything like that. So I don't think anything as we go along, Charlie or, or Justin, if you want to cut me off and go over any of that, please stop me. We open with a match with the bird and the bee, Willow Nightingale and Colo Darling, against the colony of Green Ant and Thief Ant. A nice little short tag team match. Nothing spectacular. Yeah, everything, everything solid. 
Uh, Willow Nightingale and Thief Ant Dart. Uh, uh, Highcroft high Body uh, for two early on. Uh, Willow Glam Darling on top of Thief for a near fall early on. Come from good double team. Uh, eventually, the Colony turned it around. Actually, you can come with the game offense on them, which I thought was a little bit of a nice touch. Uh, Lucha Rule can tag team magic in Shikara. No, no tag needed. When you couldn't come to go out of the ring, the partner can come in. It can explain right up front. It's fun. Get a commission with the Sharp Stinger, Colo Darling over Thief, in about six minutes. Pretty good matchup to, to get things started. Who was on commentary and where was this at? Uh, it was Mike Quackenbush. I didn't get the name of the other guy on commentary, but I got the Shikara Ruckle Factory and I believe Philly, if I'm not mistaken. The the other guy was Sydney Bacavella. Bacavella, yeah, yeah. Which uh, between the two episodes, there's actually the you know the, the one minor change between uh, Mike Quackenbush and I didn't catch the other dude's name, but I I do like that uh, the commentary was clearly uh, shot somewhere else, but it's made to believe that they are actually recording there and i thought there like little there was little nice touches like oh yeah we're we're watching it there um yeah this is uh i i like shikara i don't get to get into it much and i think this if you're going to try to get into shikara they explain everything yeah that you're you're gonna need to know and that's one thing i thought was really really cool yeah they broke down like what their tag titles are called the different tournaments they did a lot of stuff in this show and uh, we'll get to some more of it, but like, yeah, this is a good entry point for somebody that's never like I've never watched a lot of the stuff, and they really go in depth and explain a lot of stuff and make it interesting as the show goes on uh, in each episode. So, so what do we have next, Jared? Our next match is the Boiler versus Chuck West. Uh, they're gonna go bake it, wash. Uh, they're trying to pack it off like the spoiler in Don Jardine, at least kind of tongue-in-cheek. Obviously, that's not the case. But it spoiler winning with the claw, about two minutes. Yeah, Quashik are good to establish guy. Yeah, try to get them over. Look was fine. Did you like his version of the claw? I didn't really notice. I mean, I look at the Von Eric claw or anything like that. Is that what you're going for? Maybe it was well, a claw hole. They first like mentioned like that he was like clamping onto the temples, but his hand was so small he couldn't get on the temples. He was just basically grabbing the forehead and squeezing his forehead. It made me chuckle. I don't know. It <laughs> it was silly. I honestly I honestly didn't catch that. So what you're saying is uh that claw was not like your cup of tea. Uh <laughs> it wasn't your ice cream. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a claw. It was not the uh, claw that was invented by Jim Carrey, but, you know. <laughs> yes. Okay, and I like I said, I didn't really take any note of promo or anything like that, but I did make one note here. They were doing an event center, and they were pushing the Young Lion Cup, going to be starting, on, I believe, on episode three. They're a, a promo with Molly McCoy where the green screen is so horrible. Like, you can see the green screen, like, through her hair. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I completely... I, go for, I don't know what Molly McCoy can do. I was too picky looking at that. Well, you should pay attention because it was a good promo. And uh, I like Molly McCoy. I think she's an interesting character. Okay. Okay, Jayhawk. Uh, I can see you right now. Like, let me see your hands. <laughs> Put them on the screen. Uh, now, take them... And put them over your eyes. I, I, I just fixed. You, you can still hear, but you will not be distracted by the audio. Speak. Uh, speaking of which, uh, close your window. <laughs> if I close the window, it's gonna get too damn hot in here. But I will, I will, I, pro- I will lower it down. I will lower it down as far as I can. Suck it up. Before I had my mixer, I used to turn off the AC when I recorded podcasts, just because I wanted to get get rid of the sound. Oh, you don't like the drag step in the background? I think it adds like personality to the podcast. <laughs> Thankfully, I got I got noise reduction already built in, and like I can have the AC running, and you don't even hear it. It's great, Charlie. You should uh, get one of these. Yeah, well, you know, maybe in two months' time when they decide that I deserve to have one after you know, Listen, they charge you're me. Just for not, it, so. You're just not bitching on Twitter enough. 
I mean, they got to me and, and told me like, Hey, it's going to be like another four, four weeks potentially. I'm like, that's not, that's not good. Uh, I, I kind of want it now. I waited a month already. So yeah, it's all right. It, uh, it is what it is, man. Like eventually I'll get it. Like I stopped like checking every day now. I just know like <laughs> eventually I'll get a charge on my credit card. It'll come, it'll show up and I'll know that it was sent then. So I'm just, I'm not going to worry about it anymore. When yeah. I get it, I get it. But, uh, yeah, I go going back to, to, uh, I, I like Molly McCoy. I think the fact that I, I don't know a shit ton about, um, Chakara, the fact that she's like guessing related to the Hatfields, like there's a whole thing with that. And obviously it's like all the sports people are related, which is kind of cool instead of like, all right, you have the colony with all the ants and you have like a couple other that I know that are, that are related somehow. I'm like, Oh, we're going to do like all the sports people related. Cool. So like, this is a new layer to that because I feel like we had, you know, Dasher and Mr. Touchdown forever and now we're we're starting to introduce some new blood to that. Well, if you have Hatfield, you have to have McCoy. Just how it works. Yeah, it's like what an old like uh, country feud from way uh, back. Yeah, way back. Like yeah, like and to see like and I think they teamed in Southern Underground Pro, didn't they? Dasher and Molly at the the very last Southern Underground Pro show. I think they they teamed together. It was a pretty good match. I didn't yeah. finish that show because uh, the world going to hell on a handbasket. Uh, and I never like, I think I watched only like the first half and I still yet to go back and watch the other half. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, uh, I think I watched it all as it aired cause I didn't have anything going on, but, uh, they, I, like I said, like that, she impressed me in the ring there. Like I knew she was pretty decent and then the promo she cut, I thought was pretty good. So I'm interested. I'm actually, this is probably the first time that, after watching uh, what we were going to review that I decided like that I want to go and watch more uh, and, and watch the rest of the action arcade because I really enjoyed everything I saw in these two episodes we're reviewing. So uh, this kind of really got me into Chikara. So I'm excited to see how she does in the uh, young lions tournament. Uh, what was next Jayhawk? All right, from there, we have Boomer Hatfield against Travis Huckabee. Really good, short, more traditional-style wrestling match. Not a, lot of the, not a lot of the comedy, not a lot of the uh, crazy stuff that you sometimes key with Chikara. But really solid. Everything looked good in this match. Boomer Hatfield gets the win. He gets his first point toward a title shot, which they did a brilliant job explaining for new people here after this match, which I appreciated. Yeah, if you... Uh, win three matches in a row, uh, you can trade in your chips and get a title shot. Three singles matches in a row. Yes. Yeah. And they, but they added a caveat in the second episode that we'll get into that kind of changes that up a little bit. And, and how long was the match? I had five twenty nine. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's looking at cage match to see how accurate I am, I guess, I think. Actually, if you look at cage match, the first episode isn't on there. For some, we, like, literally, it goes from whatever the, the event was before to episode two, and no one was like, hmm, why don't we program episode one? Does anybody know what episode one is? <laughs> I, had, I, had to pull, I did have to pull some other results just to get some names down, because I don't have, I, I have, like, maybe half of these people's names down, only because I've known them before. Um and yeah, I, I just want to double check if it, it was correct. And yeah, the four one one mania got five minutes and twenty nine seconds. But I, I think too with with these two, these are the two I've seen the most. Um, they've been out outside of you know Chikara for a good year, and I think Travis Huckabee he 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 could be the next Tracy Williams. Like he has the look, uh, maybe not as like tall and as lean, but like I. Th- like like wrestler wise that that can be the next Tracy Williams and Boomer being um just the next half field that like he's getting a lot of like I think 
eyes on him right now. I just like within wrestling and like just because like boom, Dasher's been around forever, and now there's there's Boomer. Yeah, definitely a lot of potential with these two guys. I enjoyed Dick a lot. I was actually disappointed we only got like five minutes out of it. I I really wanted more out of that one. All right, from there we have the Crucible fight, Devontae against Tom Stone. So basically, how this work is the rope crew down, pin, uh, uh, knockout, commission, tap out, or ring out to end the match. If you don't end the match in two minutes, Confidian comes out and kicks the shit out of you. Now, they get pretty short. Devontae gets a cutter in like 32 seconds and win. Pretty straightforward. They got potential to be fun, especially if we get to if we get to two minutes at some point. Yeah, it was uh, different. They kind of like threw it like right before the main event that they did that, and uh, again they did a great job of explaining why and the rules and the hows. And I really, really appreciated like how they set everything up. Like it was explained very well for beginners and even people that have been watching wrestling forever. They didn't dumb it down to the point where like, oh, that's stupid. I, I obviously understand how this is happening or why. They explained everything like competently is, is like how I felt about it. It felt pretty good. It was just, I thought they did good with it. Uh, I really enjoyed DeFonte's or Defon- or however you, you pronounce it. As soon as I just saw that guy, I'm like, Ooh, like I'm going to see you somewhere soon. Uh, at some promotion. He, he looked like a badass. kind of remind me of like an O'Shea Edwards. And I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him elsewhere. Like a really good comparison, actually. Yeah. All right. From yeah. there, we from there we have our main event. It is Matt McCalkey versus Jigsaw. Jigsaw has been around forever too. Jigsaw was on the that PWO Chicago Joint Show and talking about however long ago that was at this point. Uh, this was really fun. Some really cool moves. Some really good transition. A lot of cool stuff in here. So much code that I didn't even bother like trying to describe it. I just kind of watched it. Uh, McCalkey got a commission win uh, with a transmission into a Juju uh, Gatami and about I've got ten forty kick at the time of the fall. This was good stuff. I love this main event. So Jigsaw is a day one Chikara guy. He's he's been around since the very beginning. Um, they actually kind of talked about that a little bit in the during the match and. Uh, because they were kind of discussing like the young lions and stuff like that. So like they kind of like explain like how like there's a handful of guys from the originals that are still around and uh, he was one of them and uh, the story they kind of told with this was pretty good. Mikowski, I like him, but I feel like he falls back on his MMA training a little too much when they're trying to transition stuff and it comes off awkward like there's a certain way to do something so it doesn't look awkward and he does it another way because his like instincts take over from MMA. And so then the other wrestler makes it look awkward because they're not, they're trying to figure out what the hell he's doing. And then they kind of eventually get into what was happening. So it was kind of, there's a couple times where I noticed it and I was like, ah, whatever, like it's different. And it, uh, made it seem a little bit more real, but like, you could tell he's not as polished as he could be, but it was pretty good. I liked it for a main event and uh, kind of set up future stuff for the show with Jigsaw losing. So, With not being like super into Shakara, I, I feel like maybe just because I don't hear about a lot of them that not necessarily everybody in Shakara is super polished. You're going to have the ones who are, ones who have been there longer, but it seems like a lot of them at least don't make it out here. Like, I don't know if they, they might wrestle other places, but it seems like they might spend a good amount of time still training in Chikara. Mm. And I did find out why that, uh, these matches aren't on cage match is because they were picked together from different events. That's the same thing with number two though. I don't know why they wouldn't have just put throwing it on there. Fuck if I know then. <laughs> All right. Well, I okay. guess let's get into episode two. 
Right, so Epico 2 starts with the Chikara Grand Champion, Dasher Hatfield. Game that when he defends the title, he is going to put his career on the line as well. And that means he, that the Court of Damocles can affect anybody who challenges for the title also puts their career on the line until the title changer can. So now you gotta, so now you got to think, do, you, do I want to tur- turn in my chip and go for the belt now and risk my career? Or do I want to wait till he drops the belt and then do it? Got. I, I think it's a great piece of storytelling there. It's going to make for an intriguing matchup, intriguing scenario down the line. Yeah. And it's that different kind of storytelling that I think is kind of needed right now because we've seen so much of the same stuff played out, and I think that's why so many people don't like uh, the mainstream wrestling that they're getting right now because it's the same stuff over and over again, and it's just not as creative as it could be like the, this may be like, they may have done something similar back in the day, but like bringing it up now and refreshing it for the current times. Like I know NWA was doing a similar thing with like the television title. And I feel like that's like, there's some cool things and stipulations you can add to these uh, matches to make them mean more without having to do a lot. And then on top of it, you have like just fun little things like, Win three matches, you can cash your chips in and get a title shot. That's awesome. That's a, a great thing. And I feel like that's a, a creative storytelling that needs to be like figured out for current generation wrestling fans to really enjoy it and like keep changing and progressing wrestling because it you don't want to let it sit too long and get stagnant and depend on it being a certain way and eventually you're going to lose out that fan base if you keep making it interesting and changing. And I think it can be uh, interesting continuously, even for people that have watched it for 40 years, like you, Jayhawk. I think Dasher is <laughs> probably one of the best promo dudes that out there. Uh, at least, I mean, in Chikara. Uh, maybe because everybody else isn't as polished, but I don't know. There was a little bit more believability from him than anybody I've seen on these two Chikar episodes and I, for their champion. I, I love that. I don't think he necessarily would need Sidney Bacavella, but uh, I'm I'm here for the ride. I I like Dasher Hatfield, but I, I want to see where the, this whole thing goes because uh, you're right. This, this does add a really big twist and who's going to cash in on him and who you know, who's going to lose. But at the same time, this is what I always think about in wrestling. Well, who's going to beat him? Might be soon. Uh, it, it, it might be soon, but we don't know. But the question is who and like how big of a moment that's going to be. And I think with that type of stipulation, oh, it's it's going to be huge. And I, I whenever that happens, it's going to be an awesome moment. Especially can Dasher, if he's not a day one guy, he's pretty close. He's been there forever. So that for that audience, Kim Luke in a career to anybody can be a big moment for that guy to beat them. Imagine if it's Boomer. <laughs> I was actually just thinking that actually, and I actually, and I actually have a gut feeling that where they're going to go with it. Yeah, I mean it's possible. It's very interesting, and. uh what was the uh, first match on the show? First match was a crucible fight. Lance Steele versus Dale Wolf. Uh, pretty much almost exactly the same as the one on the match on the show before it, which is fine. Steele gets the win with the Boston Crab in 49 seconds. So getting a little closer to that two minute. Now, do you find these funny because they they make a whole thing about the match ending in two minutes, but uh, the the leader of this group does not his match goes longer than two minutes in the main event. I mean, could could that be just dealing with stronger opponent? I mean, he did face the Young Lions Cup winner from last year, so yeah, potentially yes. But it also, I just kind of like the way it was kind of hammered home, like, well, this has to happen in this amount of time. But then like his match, I don't, I didn't want it to go two minutes. I'm not saying that by any means. Like I thought the match was good, but uh, 
I just thought it was kind of interesting that his match went longer, but like there was no uh, ramifications for him for his match going longer. And like the, nobody from his group came out and watched it or did anything. It was just a straight solid match. There's no interference, but we'll get to that. But I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. I mean, I mean the other thing with it too, at least in the first couple here, if they aren't exactly established Shikara guy either. True. True. Yeah, so I, so I think that, so I think they can almost like, I don't want to call it an initiation, but that's the closest thing I can think of. Like, okay, if you can't beat your opponent quickly, we're yeah, here's how it's here's how it's going to work. Listen, it's the scene from The Dark Knight where the Joker grabs the pool cue, breaks it in half, and the two have to fight for it. Uh, there's no point in that movie that the Joker has to follow those same rules and he has to kill somebody really quickly. It's just <laughs> uh, that trial type thing. Right, I got you. You tell me I overanalyze this shit, Charlie. What the hell? So, sometimes I do too. I'm not gonna lie. I absolutely do, and I'm not. I, I don't get mad about it. I just thought it was interesting. That's all. I just brought it up. That's all. So there was this green screen, and like it was coming through <laughs> here, and I just. <laughs> I just like the part where I got in calling Jared 40 years old and he didn't yell at me about it. It's not wrong. I don't know what you want me to do about it. Well, you always yell at me when I call you old, so I was just teasing you. Yeah, you you, you, you actually you actually gave me a year that time, though. You had, you had me not starting to watch this shit until I was one. Well, I appreciate that. Well, you know, I got to give you some, some leeway there because... Uh, your brother was was hitting home runs on you on, on Facebook this week. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Next match is a six-man tag. E.M. DeMorth, Matt McCalkey, and Tunku Amir against Jigsaw, Mike Quackenbush, and Mobius. And they made a big deal about the BMW you can first match back after an extended length of time. Like 10 years or something, yeah. Something like that. A pretty fun match overall here. Uh, Moby can first ma- match back is the fake in peril. He gets an kicked for a while before finally making the hot tag to Quackenbush. At that point, that's when the Lucha rules start to come into effect and a bunch of guys are doing a bunch of stuff and clearing the ring. Moby hit the, the, uh, the Morris with a... I don't really want to call it a fisherman neckbreaker, but it was really the closest thing I could think of to describe it. He kind of had like the leg crock when he hit it, get the to get the pin. Fun stuff. I enjoyed this. Yeah, this was a fast-paced uh, six-man. Did a lot of uh, interesting stuff, and again, like they they kind of talked about how the Crucible is trying to tear down Chikara, and uh, these guys are like the faces of Chikara. So it's kind of interesting. I agree. <laughs> no, I uh, I love getting a chance to watch Quackenbush. I didn't. I never really got into him, and then like lately, hearing him on a lot of podcasts, the dude is probably one of the most elegant speakers I have ever, ever, ever heard. I uh, can tell you a nice uh, etiquette uh, story, well thought out. Not as well as I. Uh, he does way better than I do. Is what I'm trying to say because I'm horrible, but. Getting to watch him is really cool too, because I think I've in person it's only been like twice for me, uh, um, and this being like with like the faces of Jakar, like that's pretty awesome. That's between him and Jigsaw, that's two of the like older faces of it all. So, you know, remember here's like I'm thinking about too uh, when it comes to Jigsaw. Remember when he had that like one or maybe it was two, but it was like one night with TNA. Uh, yes, sort of. Like, was that like when 20... he was? Did he go unmasked for those, or was he masked? I think he was masked, but I'm trying to remember if he went under a different name. Like, maybe he went by Jigsaw, but it was it was like one night, and I want to say that was something happened else at that taping. Some other somebody else debuted. I can't remember who, but it was like just a one shot thing. Yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember I vaguly remember watching that because obviously with him because of the Mac. I think you're right. I think they gave him a different name. Yeah, he was Ru- Rubik. Rubik. 
Yeah. And it was him and Sanjay Dutt. They wrestled to earn a spot in the X division. Okay. Was that the same night that uh, DJZ had an accident with, uh, I forget, J- Jesse Sorensen? Uh, no, let me see if that was the same show or not here. I'm not sure off the top of my head. I remember it being roughly around the same time. According to this, it was June 29, 2012, but that could be incorrect. Uh, with Jigsaw or DJZ? With, Jig- with Jigsaw. Okay. Uh, like his match was in 2012, maybe? Because they're using a white and blue logo. Yeah. At June 29th of, of 2012? That's what it's showing on here. Might have to check wrestling data, but the cage match doesn't have it. We don't really do better research than this, but we actually didn't think this was going to come up. So. <laughs> That's why we have internet and Google. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, let's see. Okay. Yeah, the match with Con- the match with Conjay Dutt was uh, TV taping, and uh, I know they I know the uh, DJ Corinthian thing with pay per view. So what can the game night? Oh yeah, you're right. I'm now remembering about what I think it was at least around the same time. Like it was it was... Probably, I think it was around that same time frame, but I'm not going to look that deep into it. But yeah, it would have to had to have been pretty close to that game time frame. This says July 8th was the Destination X show that he got another opportunity in a tournament in a four last chance four way. That might be the show then. Give me one second. Can, I have, can we have that nailed down? Let me check. Yeah, I think it was July. Yeah, that sounds that count right. I remember watching the pay-per-view, too. I remember seeing that. So when was... Uh, it had Jigsaw- to be... It had to be a different show, but I've got... I've got uh, Nima Ayan beating Flip Kakanova. Oh... Uh, Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Flip Kendrick. Uh, yeah, you're, yeah or, I think that might be what uh, you're thinking of. Yeah. And Flip, then uh, Hima won the X Division title in the four-way later on in the show. So, I forgot about that cup of coffee Flip Kendrick had with him. It's okay, it was probably Starbucks coffee anyway. They might have paid him enough to get a Starbucks coffee. <laughs> All right, so what do we have next? All right, from there, we have Lucas Calhoun versus Cobalt. Uh, come pretty fun, come pretty fun stuff here. This one's pretty short. This one's only about five minutes. Uh, Calhoun, at one point, actually caught Cobalt coming off the top rope, turned him into, and uh, took him over the exploder suplex, which was a fun spot. And Cobalt does make a comeback following a drop kick, get a couple of near falls in, but get caught with Calhoun finisher, the engine block, for the pin. I miss Cobalt. He used to come to AIW with Batiri, and I got reminded of it all through this match. I just like that whole goblin character is so much fun. Yeah, I uh, I miss the Batiri and and Kowalt. I think they'd be uh, fun to have around again for a short stint or something. Okay, and I and I did find that the Gima Eye and Jackie Quarantine thing went in February of 2012. Actually, a few months before what we were talking about earlier. But I thought, I thought that put him out for a long time, and that was at uh, that Destination X. Yeah, it was the against all odd 2012 pay per view. He met I and beat Jackie Corinthian by countout. It was countout because he couldn't compete. Corinthian a duck at wrestle again. I've been according to wrestling data until looked like July of 2013. And that was the only match he had that year. He met basically two years after that. No correction. He, no, cor- no correction. He wrestled. He wrestled sporadically the rest of the year before coming back a little bit more full time in 2014. Anyway, Cobold. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Goblin. I got nothing more to add about that match. If you guys do, feel free. No, I, I didn't have, I have much to say about it. Short little match. Good stuff. What's next? Uh, oh, we have a tag. Hold on. I- I did remember something from the last match that I thought of, but I, I don't know the dude's name uh, in the six man for the 
Crucible, one of the members kind of looked like it could be Tim Don's little brother. I didn't make that connection. I'd have to see him again to really the, take the a bit, look. The bigger guy that did the the guy that ate the pen after he did like the um dive off the top rope. Yep. Okay. Yeah, he's actually got some some skill there. Like he's for for a big guy, he can move. I think they even referred to him like and reference like him being like a young Bam Bam Bigelow, which I thought was kind of interesting. I don't like his hair. I think like big guys shouldn't have like normal hair, like hair length. I don't know. I think they should just be bald, like or like have short hair. His like he had normal hair, and it just made him look. I don't know. In my eyes, it looks weird, but. I'm weird, so whatever. All right, so our next match is tag team action. Nero and Boomer Hatfield against the Spoiler and Sunny Defarge. Uh, they did a good job here explaining that Boomer Hatfield and Spoiler both have one chip toward their three straight wins, but the chips are not on the line in this one because it's a tag match. That I thought it was a very nice touch. Uh, we got some uh, good stuff in the beginning here. Fought I actually thought was really funny right at the beginning. It, Defarge is going to go to shake Nero's hand, but he got his other hand behind his back with a finger crossed. <laughs> and Boomer Hatfield's like trying to get Nero's attention and it doesn't work in time. I, I, I thought that was kind of a neat spot right off the bat. I, Matt, move of the match, I think the move of the show, honestly. Nero actually hits the suplex. He's hitting down when he first locks it in and stands up and suplexes him over. Uh, that was really impressive to me. I enjoyed that a lot. Get some nice teamwork from Hero and Hatfield until Defarge gets a cheap shot off the apron. And then Boomer Hatfield ends up being a fake in peril. Hot tag is made. It's Hero on offense quite a bit. We get a couple of near fall. Defarge gets a nice power bomb. Looks like he got it. Boomer makes the cave. Somebody comes out to distract the spoiler. And they treat this like it's a legitimate shoot. Like, this guy's not supposed to be here. What the hell is going on? This was the one thing they didn't explain on the show. They didn't get They didn't get who this guy was, why this was a big deal. That would be, that'd be the one thing. I, I, I get what they were trying to do with it, but if it's your first time watching it, you're not yet. You're kind of clueless. It did end up being Defarge pinning Boomer Hatfield with the Lariat just under 10 minutes. Yeah, aside from the, the weird distraction and let's not talk about the go to break, that was really good stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like they tried to do like uh, almost like a shoot angle, but not. I don't know. It's I, I gotta watch more to see. So <laughs> I mean, I have watch. to. I have to assume that it's somebody from the forward path. I would assume somebody who's been in Chicago before for them to just kind of not mention it. But like this guy's not supposed to be here. But I'm I'm speculating. I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't really have as much else on this one. Uh, I'm somewhat similar with Sonny Defarge, but I'm more familiar with his other tag team partner, and I didn't really get to speak much on the spoiler. I kind of, I kind of like the spoiler. <laughs> he reminds me of uh, the Blob from Billy Madison. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely because of the mass type, which is which is fine, but uh, he's definitely like this zany character that you might not see outside of Chikara, so I'm I'm perfectly fine with it. So, um, and also like with this match, getting to see more Boomer and more uh, learning who Zero is and all that kind of stuff, I uh, I liked it. Right on. And from there we go to our main event. It is Ophidian. Taking on still life with apricot and pears. Uh, the Young Lion Cup winner from last year got a record in title defense of 10 before having to vacate the title for the upcoming tournament. Identified as they, actually billed as the first non-binary champion in wrestling history. I did some research on this. I'm very proud of you. I was wondering if we were going to have this discussion or not. So I'm very proud of you for doing that. Not that you would, you know, mess it up or anything. I, I was, I'm just very happy that you, you did some research and you, and you looked into all that kind of stuff because it, it did catch my ear when they were kind of talking about uh, still life and using the the proper pronouns. So I was, I was curious if that was going to come up today or not. 
Yeah, well, I, I actually look, I, I looked them up a little bit uh, because I was trying to get an idea of what the gimmick was. And when I was reading up on on who Still Life was, it started kick, to click a little bit. Okay. I'm actually, I'm actually glad I did that. I understand like a lot better than I would have if I just gone in blind. Like, what the hell is going on? I love Still Life offense. He got some really unique cradle, some really unique commission move. Like, I love watching, you know, watching what what they were doing. You can actually bleed. You can actually see them bleeding underneath the mask at one point, which was. Very unique. Very from nice From the touch. nose, yeah, from the nose. Yeah. At one point, Ophidian takes forever to follow up on something. I don't know if, if he was waiting for Still Life to get up before he did, or if he was trying to milk the crowd and it came off weird. But at any rate, it ended up leading to the comeback. Uh, Still Life with a beautiful Mickle drop kick. Almost got the pin, not quite. Uh... He got go. Okay, they go for the uh, Venus to Milo commission, but Fidian actually grabs the bat arm he'd been working on during the match to break the hold, which I thought was nice. Then Fidian winds up locking in a commission move for the win in about nine twenty-two. So good stuff. Good stuff here. I call a lot of. I call quite a few things in this ma- match I had never seen before. I don't remember seeing before. Yeah, still life had a couple really cool um, pins that I had never seen before that I thought. Uh, really like uh, stole the show for me at the beginning. And then uh, Ophidian, when he hit the, uh, I, I call it the Weapon X because I've seen Brian Cage do it first where he's got uh, Still Life in the um, the Guerrero special and then hooks it and does like the flatliner and then turned it into the submission. And then what I liked about that with the finish was uh, Ophidian had the submission in and Still Life was about to grab the ropes and Ophidian hooked the arm and then locked the arm so Still Life couldn't get to the ropes and then had to basically verbally tap out. I thought that was brilliant. I've never they don't use that enough and really get over that enough with uh in like mainstream wrestling and, and even in most indie wrestling. I rarely ever see that. And I thought that was really awesome and it really um it really sparked my interest in, in Ophidian from that because it was just so like such a well thought out finish for that to be like oh you're gonna reach I'll lock my arm like lock your leg it was great loved it Ophidian is another dude I I miss and it was great getting introduced to a wrestler by the name of Still Life with apricots and pears Uh, one thing I will always give Chikara credit for is some of the crazy insane names that the wrestlers have and to me this is like one of the ones that clearly stands out head and shoulders above the rest and he hasn't even been wrestling that long yeah it's it's uh really impressive i i can't wait to see uh more and uh i know like on Pod Van Dam, Jonah's number one wrestler of last year was Still Life. So I thought it was it was pretty uh, fun to see finally get to see them in action and see what they could do. So I was very much impressed, and I can't wait to see more. I'm gonna just about wrap it up there. What do we got next week, Charlie? So next week is going to be. Squared Circle Project, our buddy uh, Alvarado's company out in New York. They have two shows available right now on IWTV. Uh, I believe we're going to be doing the their second show, Amethy Streams. You know, if he if he book if he booked one more show, he's going to have a record for him. <laughs> well, COVID kind of stopped it because. There was supposed to be another show, and I was supposed to go out. So we'll see. Were you going to be a part of a training seminar too? <laughs> <laughs> too soon? No, I, I was probably just going to go out and check out the show. You know, I I kind of wish we would get some of the uh, Midwest wrestling on there because. There, there's things that I remember really liking about it, but then there's like a handful of like 
wrestlers, I'm like, what the fuck are we doing with this, dude? I think at least the first two shows could go up on there. I, the third one wasn't that great, and it was my fault because I'm the one that filmed the majority of it, and I messed up uh, the hard cam. Like I, It was too far back. It wasn't zoomed in properly, and uh, I screwed that up. But it looked fine at the time, but watching, like I guess that wasn't usable. Um, but there's there's footage out there that could definitely go up if he still has it somewhere that he can get to uh, Smart Mark and and them and get it put up. I mean, because the first the first show was definitely on there from uh, was filmed by Smart Mark. So and that first show was actually really good. Yeah, it was. The second show wasn't bad either, but I don't think you were there, uh, Jared. No, the the only one I call went the first one. I uh, he I he he asked me to work one of his secret shows, and I wound up being the Marcus Knight benefit after Marcus after Marcus had a stroke. I couldn't do it. Yeah, then, that then, was. And then he disappeared after that. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, I remember that actually because I think I was pushing for you to to get some work there, and he there was some. Yeah, it was in the garage in Warren. We did a couple, which I think that's footage is on YouTube actually. So there's there's a really great match. I think it was Bobby Beverly and this kid, uh, something Frost, and I think it was Bobby Beverly. I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Bobby Beverly. And Bobby beat the fuck out of this kid. It was hilarious. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, every time it comes up in like my memories because I posted it on Facebook, I always rewatch it and then try to reshare it. All right, so uh, do you have any plugs for this week, sir? Uh, as a matter of fact, I do. I've been uh, streaming from Fire Pro Wrestling World, running a project WWF uh, January 1984 and on. We've moved into February. I've been doing that two or three times a week, usually in the evening, like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, Eastern time. And follow me on Twitch at TFMJHawk to be notified when those, uh, when those live streams start going up. Uh, also on uh, June 25th at 9.30, I will be on the Bearded Bastard podcast, available at redlineradioll.com, the Redline Radio app, and live on the Redline Radio LLP Facebook page as well. Follow me on Twitter at PW Critique, Facebook and Instagram at Jayhawk1539. Justin, before we plug the rest of our stuff, do you have anything you want to plug? No, I've I've never done a podcast in my life. Thank you guys for allowing me to come on and spread my wings. You know, maybe I'll I'll dabble into the the podcast game from from here on out. We'll 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 see how how everything goes. Fingers crossed. Maybe I'll start something called Wrestling Cheers. You'll probably be able to find it on like uh, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or maybe even Podbean. I'd probably go like WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. And then, like, I would keep, I would keep all the social media uniform, kind of like me. Like, you can find myself at Heavy Set Three Three Zero on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So, if I was going to call it Wrestling Cheers, it'd be like Wrestling Cheers, all one word on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hopefully, nobody has it taken. So, before this goes up, I might have to uh, register those really quick. <laughs> nice. That's. I, I wish you luck in all your future endeavors with that. Maybe we'll get to go on your show someday. <laughs> Can you can you recommend me any like really good mixers? <laughs> <laughs> nope, can't can't say that I can. <sighs> All right. So check out our podcast friends, of course, Wrestling Cheers, the number one in our hearts always uh every week. Pod Van Dam, the super fantastic podcast at odds with wrestling. The Spotlight Series, and its Evolution Baby. And you can find me at Charlie underscore Butters on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find this podcast at IWTV Guide on Twitter and Instagram as well. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Peace. Fascist slave, you protested to get in a fucking look book. Everything I scribbled like the anarchist book book. Look good, posing in the center for the book book. Black on black on black, wait, the ski mask, that is my crook book. How you like my style, bruh? Ain't no 
nobody's fouling, bro. About to turn this motherfucker up like Rikers Island, bro. Where my fathers and my cripples and my brothers and my brothers. When you niggas gon' unite and kill the police, motherfuckers. Or take over a jail, get them CO's hell. The burning of that sofa, goddamn, I love the smell. Like it's the pillow torching, where the fuck the warden? And when you find them, we don't kill them, we just waterboard them. We killing them for freedom, cause they tortured us for boredom. And even if some good ones die, fuck it, the Lord assort them. We we out of order, your honor, you out of order. This old court is unimportant. You fuckers are walking corpses. I'm a clip wig synonym, living within distortion. I bite into a cyanide molar before you whores win. I'm a New Yorkie and I'm fucked for the jump. I wear my Yankee so tilted, I actually walk with a hunch. Look at Mikey, I think he's Mikey. We are sinister sons. Hey, we the type of type to preach it with a grin and a grin. Come on, come on. Come on. A wise man once said, we all dead, fuck you. Just spit it disgusting youngin' and hold your nuts while you gunnin'. I listened, tatted a sentence on my dick last summer. Now I'll never get that phrase off my brain, it's no wonder. I'm here to buy hearts, I got hundreds. Honey, the cheaper the parts, the better buy for the money. I'm training vagina whisperin', glistening, waiting for the christening. I know the neighbors can't help but listening. Uh, a dirty boy who come down on the side of dissonance. I can't even relax without sirens off in the distance. Not shitting you, little buddy. This fucking island's a prison. The only silence I have is an act of conjugal visiting. My solitary conditions preventing conjugal visits. Domain and missing my missus. They keeping me from my chilling conditions. Create a villain. The villain is giving vision. The vision becomes a vow to seek vengeance on all the vicious liars and politicians. Profiteers of the prisons. The forehead engravers and slavers of men and women. Including members of clergy that rule on you through religion. So strip your kids to the nude and then tell them God will forgive them. It's Taylor on the cut, looking six on your stitching crew. I'm miles ahead of you, you can sit my pictures through. My battle status is burning matches from Dallas to Malibu. Check my resume, your residence is residue. Color skin job, and my honey dip will backflip for you. You playing God, your eyes socket, she gon' rip it too. We sick of bleeding out a tray, spraying victim you. Dunk dying, fill up 8K, dicking you. With clips in the bottom, we dipping from Gotham. Yes, eclipsed by the shadows, a dark dance of the car. I'm a fellow with melanin, suspect of a felony. Rip like rock in my law. Feds is checking my melody. Less aggressively tested with bump stretches and penalties. Um, cases we're facing a cop, please. When we season a pump, we're freezing a dump on you, global grand dragons. Still piling fast bucks, Afghani toe tagging. Now they tracking me, yeah, we busting back. See, the only thing that close quicker than our caskets be the factory. Slow mo.